Hello and welcome to episode five. My name is Matt. This is Steve. And today we have a, a very special episode for you. A film you may or may not have seen that nobody's has, heard of this one. You know, really had no impact in the horror genre. Nothing to do with who's Freddy Krueger. I've never heard of him. I don't know him. You know, Jason versus who? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. Not the remake. We're not covering the remake for a long time, and I'm happy for <laughs> it. Directed by Wes Craven. Written and directed by Wes Craven, of course. Which, uh, going in, I did not know. The fact that he directed two of the best horror movies of all time. Iconic. A real testament uh, to the kind of guy he was. Yes. You know, that, that's, that's pretty iconic if you will and johnny depp's first movie he may or not be in the news we won't get into that but uh, did you know johnny depp was in this i did know johnny depp was in the news and i did know <laughs> um that he was in this only from the intro credits <laughs> oh because when they say the, in, introducing, introducing johnny yes depp, introducing you're like whoa and i was right. like yeah i was like whoa what do you mean introducing and then i i, I do love quick. that like I love old horror movies when it's somebody's first role or one of their first roles. It's always fun to see like Jennifer Anderson and Leprechaun or the gate as I still say she was in the gate. Um, let's see who else. There's a bunch of other ones, you know, like Tom Hanks and he knows you're alone. It's always fun. What? to see actors. Oh my God. Get their start somewhere. You know, that's you know? really cool. Yeah, no. And, and seeing this, that was really cool to see all this, where Johnny Depp kind of started. I don't know if this was this his. Do you know if this was his I don't very know first if he film did. or something else? Besides, I'm sure I, he must have I, done something else besides. He this might have done some him. TV or something. I would have yeah. to look it up. But I think this was his first movie. So anyway, this must have been his big first big movie. You know, right, right. Yeah. But like, so how much did you know about this movie? I knew <laughs> Freddy Krueger had some sort of. I and mean, knives. Such, yeah, so you knew Freddy, like what <laughs> yes. he looked like. He's such a pop cultural icon yes. that you everybody knows him. Yeah, he's I, like Dracula or Frankenstein. Like he's that icon. Yeah, I knew about him. I I I knew some of the premise behind him. I knew dreams, dreams were involved. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, a nightmare in Elm Street kind of <laughs> gives it away a little bit. You're so smart. But but much more than that, I really didn't. Uh, know what else i didn't know his origin story i didn't know uh why necessarily why this movie had such a cultural impact and why it had an impact on the horror genre in general i was very curious to hear your thoughts on this one you know probably out of all the episodes we did because it is such a classic yeah i mean you knew it was a classic going in yes and you know especially compared to the other ones we did Mm -hmm. so what did you think I, and I feel like I say this about a lot of the movies we've covered so far. Uh, I need to pick but, a real shitty movie next time. <laughs> do, we, do we make? <laughs> we're going to do Halloween. Yeah, we'll just do the remake. There we go. Perfect. Uh, no, but like I said, I feel like I say this about a lot of the movies we've covered, if you've listened to the past episodes. But for this one, I I really did enjoy this movie, and I think it was because I knew what I was getting into. I knew that it had a cultural impact, and going in knowing that, I think, gave me more of an open mind for the movie. It, like, it, I wanted to know why did it have an impact, and, and do you think it? Yeah, you realize why after watching it. I like, think so. I think so. I don't so know. Did if, you like it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. My, my, did you love it? Did I love it? Oh, love's a strong word. <laughs> Not really. I don't, I don't think so. I don't for know, a movie. Love. Oh man. I. Oh. I. I don't know if I loved it, but I like. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm like a step below love for this. I will say that. Are you saying House of Wax was better? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying that by any means. But I'm just. I, I think this movie held up. Like, I haven't seen it in full in uh-huh. probably a few years. I mean, I've seen this movie countless mm-hmm. times, but I was watching it, like, with a critical eye more, mm-hmm. and I was very impressed still. I was like, 
there's just so much iconic imagery, iconic scenes. It it still holds up, in my opinion, big time. I I think my favorite thing with this movie, and we we touched a little bit on this with our last episode, uh, was the pacing of this movie. You know, it's it uh, from the '80s, a different time where we're not. I think you said last time, like we're ticked in the TikTok phase. <laughs> Right. There's no TikTok here. Yes. <laughs> we don't have that instant gratification yet. And the movie takes its time to build up at suspense and really give you um, a great sense of the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I do have to say, though, this movie flew by for me. I do think mm-hmm. it's well-paced. Like, I just feel like there's so much stuff that keeps happening, like so much good like I said before, like great imagery, great scene mm-hmm. after great scene after great scene. Mm-hmm. Like, but the scenes do get to kind of, you know, linger a bit more than, you know, a movie like, you know, like the remake, maybe. <laughs> um, oh, oh, no, no, I agree. I was never bored with the movie at all, by any means. That like this was, isn't that, like an A24. No, movie. yeah, yeah. Not that A24 is boring, but I'm just no. saying more deliberately paced. Kind of we like A24. <laughs> no, no, I understand what you're saying. And, and, and I agree. You know, this was a well done, well paced movie. Well, maybe you'll like part three more because that's the other fan favorite. <laughs> Not part two. People love part two also, but that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that someday soon, I'm, su- I'm sure. But. <laughs> so even right from the opening, like we get tina in a dream it's very kind of disorienting like there's this random lamb that pops up which <laughs> i guess that was like a reference to counting lambs oh no that's sheep same that's thing sheep. Lam- same thing is, lamb's just a younger sheep i think i don't know but it's just very <laughs> random but i love it because it's just it's a dream you know yeah like weird shit happens and, and you see freddie making his Hand knives. It's so creepy. He's yeah. making all these weird noises. That's like, really cool. He's really into it, as he should be. It came out pretty well. He's <laughs> <laughs> very talented. <laughs> but it's very creepy. Like the music by Charles Bernstein is so spooky and eerie. And it's just the whole atmosphere of this opening is great. Yeah, you this... kind of, were you kind of sucked in from oh, the get go, though? Like, a- absolutely. Yeah. I was. Wondering where is where is this woman? What is happening right now? <laughs> this woman, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> well, I mean, it's usually is like thirty year olds playing these characters, but um, but yeah, it's very spooky, very creepy. Um, I mean, immediately I went to oh, what is this boiler room? Which obviously might have some. I love that there's so much. You know, such a focus on the boiler room. Boiler boiler rooms are very. <laughs> Very creepy. Oh, where we work, there's the weird boiler room. Yeah, it's... it's. I'm never going to look at it the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but yeah, we're introduced to Tina, and there's so much like focus on Tina in the beginning. Did you think she was going to be our final girl? Absolutely. They kind of pull I, they, a psycho They They were following her so far along into this movie to a point, <laughs> I guess. And I I absolutely thought, I was like, okay, I, I'm getting on board with, with Tina. She's all right. And how did that work out for you? Well, it didn't. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, but I really just like like these kids and their, like, their friendship. Like mm-hmm. They just seem... Just like regular kids, just hanging out, just just chilling. Like they all stay at Tina's house because she's scared, and her mom's away. And and how we learn early on, you know, that they they have these shared dreams, which is very cool. You know, Nancy's like, I dreamed about a guy like that too. Mm-hmm. And you know, you see Glenn. Glenn's like pretty much played by Johnny Depp. He's like, you, you guys are full of shit. <laughs> but when they when she. When Tina starts explaining what he looks like, you see a look in his eyes like, oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I know what you're talking about. And this whole scene with Tina where she she's walking outside, you know, maybe not the smartest move. She hears, you know, Freddie calling for her and she goes mm-hmm. out to investigate. But 
it's kind of like dream logic maybe like you don't really know what you're doing or you know you just do random things that don't, even if they don't make sense and and this is what i kind of loved about this movie i never really was quite sure until i until i really knew uh what was a dream sequence and what wasn't a dream sequence and i liked how this movie played on that where they they lead That's a- you brilliant concept yeah they, for this kind of movie from 84 you know this is ex, this is right. very at well this done point, we were getting all these slashers like friday the 13th and all the sequels mm-hmm. halloween and west craven to come in and be like flip it on its head and have this premise where you can do whatever you want basically he can have fun and just get crazy you know, with the visuals, do all this weird stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, it's awesome. And he bases it all on dreams. And have you heard of lucid dreaming? Do you know about that? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, where you can potentially control your own dreams, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I I wonder if Wes knew about this then, you know, and had this kind of idea. Wes was a very smart man, I'm sure. He may have come across this. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, seeing, the, but it I, really makes this the series stand out from the rest. Yeah, you know? you know, you have those those creepy, you know, wall sound effects. Freddie, as you said, calling out. Oh, when the, the alleyway. Like, yeah, I love the creepy alleyway. Yes. You see a shadow pop up. Mm-hmm. The score's so creepy, and then, like, this line is so kind of chilling to me when she goes, Tina goes please God. And he holds up his razor hands. He goes, this, this is God. God. It's such yes. a weird, it's such a weird line that you wouldn't expect, but there's something so creepy about it. So ominous. Really? So, it, 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 yeah. And this is before the se- all the sequels, especially the later ones where Freddie, Freddie becomes a joke of mm-hmm. him. You know, he becomes mm-hmm. a parody of himself almost like this is back you know, where he's just so creepy and menacing. Like his face is mm-hmm. in so much shadow too. And it's it's just creepy. His art when his arms extend mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Like it's just it's great stuff. And I love some of the the religious imagery that they have oh. in here. Like they have the cross. The cross I think it like falls on her head at one point. Mm-hmm. It's it's just some of that stuff. It it really adds to the movie. And gives you that extra creep factor for me, and I really loved that. Right. And this, and when Freddie comes out of that wall above Nancy, all oh, done practically, it yeah. looks so perfect. It looks because it's practical. Oh like, yeah, until you see it in the remake with the CGI. It did, it did a lot better. You, you're saying? Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, CGI improves everything. No, um, yeah, no, that wall scene. Oh, that. When he, when it's he's funny when it looks. It's so funny when it looks real because it is, isn't it? <laughs> was is that? Yeah, was, I think they had like a latex wall. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know how they did that. I just. I just saw special effects. I didn't know how special effects wise, but yeah. But the the use of practical effects in this movie is so good. Mm-hmm. Just using you know their ingenuity, basically, like in. And Tina's death scene, like it's in, it's crazy, isn't it? Like upside down on the ceiling, like they used like a rotating set. It's so good. I was trying to figure out how they did that as I was watching it. So I I thought how they did it was so this uh, Tina gets launched up in the air, and as we're watching it, you know she's levitating in the air while her boyfriend's distraught watching her from you know the ground. And I thought they had maybe two sets where she was, they had one set where everything was completely flip-flopped and she was, you know, kind of on her stomach, essentially, Mm -hmm. just scrambling around as she was being flung from side to side and whatever. And the other set where her her boyfriend uh, was on the ground and just like watching her and they just kind of put the two together. But how did they actually do it? Um, I think it's something like that. Well, I think it was pretty much just like a rotating set. So when she would be, the set would be, the, the ceiling would be on 
the bottom, basically, yep. okay. and then they would just reverse the camera. Oh. So it looked like the other way. I okay. think it's been a while since I've seen the behind the scenes, but <laughs> you know, again, just all practical stuff and it looks mm-hmm. amazing and it's so creepy her getting dragged across the oh, ceiling yeah. you don't see freddy it's just like so are you impressed like i think this is one of the my favorite death scenes of all time oh yeah and, and you feel bad for her, even though we've only known her for like i don't know 15 minutes however long mm-hmm. she lasts like because we thought she was gonna be the final girl potentially yes exactly she's screaming like out said, in agony yeah. and when she plops down the blood just just splats all over yeah. Rod, her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, I did not think she was going to meet her end this quickly, like you said. I thought she was going to be our our final girl. But nope, we got Nancy Thompson <laughs> as our final girl. And she's great, though. I love Nancy. She is a great final girl. And I love every minute of her up until the end. And even then. <laughs> Yeah, like I know some people give Heather Lane Camp shit, shit, and you know they're like, you know, she's not the best actress, and you know she might have a few cheesy moments here or there, but I think at the end of the day, she brings that girl next door quality, like you know, in the strength. What I really like about Nancy compared to a lot of final girls is that she really has to be proactive. Like she makes plans, and she said, you know, she's like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. figure this out. I'm going to take this guy down. And yeah, that's why she's one of the best final girls. Yeah. Ever, she, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, like you said, she takes plans and she doesn't figure it out all in the first go. She takes, she's like, okay, this time I'm going to do this, this time I'm going to do this. And then this time I'm going to get him. It's not uh, like she has all the answers. She's figuring it out as she goes along. And th- I think that makes her a lot more relatable and makes me enjoy watching her try to figure it out even that much more relatable is a good word for her you know that's the best kind of fire girls like like sydney prescott she's relatable yeah you know i couldn't relate to natalie and urban legend (laughs) (laughs) um but then yeah we meet her parents too her mom played by ronnie blakely and this is such a weird performance like people there's something so off about her mom's performance but i love it like she just seems so just some of her line deliveries is so interesting to me playing this drunk mom got <laughs> bottle stashed everywhere yeah there's some going on with this mom <laughs> um and her dad played by john saxon who's also in Black Christmas, which is probably top three horror movies of all time for me, which I can't wait to talk about that one. (laughs) Classic. So John Saxon's been in two of the best horror movies of all time, basically. He's a great actor. (laughs) But yeah, there's just so many great scenes in this movie, like the the classroom scene, um, which features Lynn Shea, who later be in the insidious movies of course uh she's the teacher and nancy falls asleep and then yeah sees tina in a body bag blood bloody body bag it's just such a creepy image yeah when she gets these visions and you know when she falls asleep that's not good it's too. not gonna be good i <laughs> yeah. mean that's another thing with this whole premise which is brilliant is i mean you don't want to kill, get killed by Jason. You don't go to Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> you don't want to get killed by Michael Myers. Don't go to Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. But you have to go to sleep. And I, I think everyone knows, and this was one of the remarkable things about this movie, everyone knows the pain of trying to stay awake. Exactly. And you feel these characters' pain, especially mm-hmm. Nancy, mm-hmm. as she tries to stay awake. And, yeah, that's it's just a great premise mm-hmm. I 1000% agree and then like even like little things like when she sees the body bag getting dragged off although it kind of makes me laugh she's like Tina like okay she's dead um, but, and then there's, there's like leaves in the hallway mm-hmm. in the school hallway like little details like that that but obviously wouldn't be there in real life right right but then that or this school just needs to keep their freaking door shut I don't know <laughs> But that just plays on the fact more that people 
don't know when they're in dreams. Like how often, how often you do don't you know, know you're in a dream. Yeah. Most I, of the time it, I can sometimes figure it out when I'm in a dream, but it's not nearly all the time. It's probably like 20 to 30% of the time I can figure it out. What about I think you? that's only happened to me like a couple of times. Usually. Really? But it's like, I feel like my dreams are weird. Like my dreams are usually like pretty realistic. I have those or too. I'm just yeah. doing mundane things like, like I'll be at work, which mm-hmm. is like probably the worst dream. I, like what a nightmare. <laughs> There's no escaping it where you're just like going through your day. But yeah. you know, dreams always seem like they last like 10 hours, mm-hmm. but you could be dreaming for like five minutes. Yeah. And that's the thing in dreams, like time is slowed down. It feels like. Yeah, there's one scene in this movie where they're at the sleep clinic. The mom, I just like the mom's like, what are dreams anyways? And he's like, we really don't know. Mm-hmm. And I would have to do more research. I'm sure there's more known about dreams now than in 84. But <laughs> it's very fascinating stuff. And that that the series kind of taps into that. Like I, like I said before, it really sets it apart. It's really ahead of its time. For thinking about a con- the the dream concept and putting that into a horror aspect in 84 is is freaking fantastic mm-hmm. and and i that's what i really enjoyed about it's this. not it's not just a standard slasher yeah you're, you're getting a little bit more to chew on exactly and also it's interesting in this this awesome scene where like he's chasing her through the creepy ass boiler room mm-hmm. that she burns herself and wakes up mm-hmm. so and that's actually um a technique they talk about kind of in lucid dreaming where if you hurt yourself like in the dream, you can wake up from it. Really? Yeah. You know, you know, you think about, um, inception where you had Leo DiCaprio and his wife. And is this going to be spoilers? uh, Spoilers for inception in the horror stands podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you had Leo DiCaprio and his wife, and they were both on the edge of windowsills, and his wife jumps from her window. In the she thought she was dreaming. Yeah, she uh, she completely thought the entire life she was living was a dream. So she jumped from her window to feel pain in order to wake up from her dream. And How did it, it work out for her? Uh, that did not, because <laughs> she was she at, dead. She she dead. She was in real life at that point, but kind of, kind of, kind of going back to lucid dreaming. If you want to wake up from the dream, what they, what I've read and uh, is so. To, do you have to? You have to intentionally do it yourself, because I always thought this was a slight plot hole in these movies mm-hmm. where, like, let's say if two people are fighting with Freddy, mm-hmm. let's say they Freddy punches them, oh, they yep. wouldn't wake. That doesn't wake them up. I don't, like, I, do you have uh, do you have to intentionally be like, I'm doing this to wake myself up? Because that that works in these movies. I will not any other kind of pain. I will tell you, I've never um, been in that I can recall. I'm sure I have in because when you dream, you when you sleep, you dream and you dream a bunch of dreams. This a is lot the you dream, dream cast podcast. podcast. You dream a lot of dreams that you don't necessarily remember all the time. So I'm sure there's been dreams where I've had pain inflicted upon me by people or things other than myself. But there have also been times where I've been in dreams and I've inflicted my own pain to wake up from those dreams because I didn't like what was going on. (laughs) I'll be honest. I'm about to bounce. Thank you, though. This is not a good experience so honestly i think if you if you are conscious enough to know you're in a dream but can't get out of it so you inflict pain upon yourself like we see here it worked for nancy it worked for nancy i think it is a good way to get out of a dream maybe she could have like pinched herself though instead of burning her arm yeah that was a little but she she worked Stop with what being she had. extra nancy she worked she worked with what she had <laughs> she's she, she is pretty smart Next time we're in the uh, boiler room <laughs> at work, and I'm like, is this a dream or not? I'm, I'm going to do that to get out of work. I'll, I'll see you in seven months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and we have this great bathtub scene where her, and her mom offers her warm milk. Um, have you ever no, had warm milk? No. 
No. It sounds disgusting. Can't say I've ever had it. But that was a thing at the time, I feel like. I feel like that's an 80s thing. Yeah, warm milk. Tell us, listeners, do you use warm milk to fall asleep or do you just take melatonin? And if you do use warm milk, does it work? Is it delicious? (laughs) But we have this, like, this imagery of his hand reaching between her legs. It's very suggestive. That was creepy. Isn't that, it's, it's an iconic I image, was though. not expecting it. And I, and I just, I I'm not a, a bath lot. person. Baths gross me out. You're just soaking in your own filth. filth. Nancy, you're disgusting. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, when you're like, you know, six Baths are cool. You, you can got, play with a rubber ducky or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you got the toys in there. You know, you're ready to go. You're having a good time. If you're like in your 20s and 30s having baths, choices. But maybe, maybe I'm just that, kidding. If you, yeah, but I think, <laughs> do you, do you do you? I know people like their bath bombs and whatnot. Yeah, but I think that's a good maybe a guy thing. Like guys maybe necessarily don't like baths, but like I feel way to stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I mean, I guess in concept, you, you relax. Yeah, but it's not for me, and I'm definitely not drinking warm milk before a bath. I'm not not drinking warm milk, but maybe you know what? You know, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe I'll try a bath after this. <laughs> Maybe it is relaxing. But yeah, her kind of getting sucked into the bathtub. like That it's, was, it's yeah. It's crazy. It's so good. It's that, so good. That was creepy. And just seeing her go into... So something that's always kind of terrified me are the uh, the vast depths of the ocean. That's crazy. Like, who knows what's in there that ye, we haven't discovered yet. Yeah, and this, I mean... This movie doesn't touch upon what creatures are in there, but that's part eight. <laughs> Just kidding. No. But it's part ninety-eight. <laughs> so we, you know, we have our girl getting pulled into the vast depths of the bathtub. Granted, Did that trigger you, man? A little bit. A little bit. I I was like, well, that's really scary. We didn't we didn't see any, you know, uh bottom dwelling ocean creatures while she was getting pulled in but just seeing her getting pulled into this vast depth of darkness and sea was it was a little scary That's great nightmare imagery it is then glenn comes over very billy loomis or billy loomis was very like glenn <laughs> um and i guess I don't really understand what Nancy's plan is here. Basically, she's going to have Glenn wake her up when if she's struggling or something, right? But I don't know. She like she's like I'm going to find this mm-hmm. guy. But she's, I don't know what her end game was yet. She's going to try to just find I think Re- to talk to him, reason with him. I no, <laughs> I I think at this point she's experimenting still. So she's trying mm-hmm. to figure out Cuz she doesn't know about the pulling him out thing yet. Yes. So She's just trying to see if she can maybe do some reconnaissance. I don't know. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. She's just trying to figure out, okay, who is this guy? What is he about? And then if I get in in danger, wake me up and I'll get out of this. Okay. Glenn is the freaking worst because he not only fails here, he fails later on in the movie. You have one job, dude. Yeah, Glenn is. I know trash. you're probably tired because you haven't been sleeping either, but come on. <laughs> Glenn, get your shit together. <laughs> but another kind of theme that I find interesting in the nightmare movies is like there's a theme of kind of neglect neglectful parenting parents that aren't there for you basically. Yeah. And it just brings another layer to it. Like pretty much these kids always have to rely on themselves. Tina's mom in the beginning, like she is a flop basically she and she's not around um nancy's mom her, know, her, her parents are divorced her parents or are divorced. separated something's going on right and her mom's drinking all the time mm-hmm. like all the time um <laughs> so that's another interesting layer to the nightmare movies that i appreciate but yeah like even like the scene of her she's being chased by freddie when she's running up the stairs and the st- the stairs like, are goo or they like, like suck her like her feet get sucking into the stairs right because i know that's a common dream i read about with people where you can't you can't run you can't get away so okay and again the fact that for me a lot a, a lot of times not necessarily 
the next scene where she's trying to find Freddy here. But there were a lot or a couple times where I was like, oh, is this a green or not? Right. And, and I really like that part of the movie where they, they didn't. It's very weird, though. Yeah, because like you see Glenn, like he pops out. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? Mm hmm. And, but I do like like how she's walking. She walks from her house, and then she's automatically she's in Tina's alleyway. Mm-hmm. And then the police station's right there, unless they are actually that close in real life. But no, it's like in a dream where you know one location kind of goes. There's no. What am I trying to say? There's no. It's that dream logic where anything can happen. One location just goes into the other. Like, well, like you said, your dreams are very realistic. You know, mm-hmm. you have a lot because even this, dreams. like, it's just it's realistic, but there's yeah. just something off about it. And but but that's what you don't realize in your dreams. Like, you could have the most realistic dreams, you know, and you could have your house in one spot, and then you could have where you work, and you don't like, even right next notice to you, it's you, off. You it don't realize, could... and I. I think the whole dream aspect of this movie and the way they did it, excellent. And in this scene, you have her calling out uh, for Glenn, and Glenn pops out, and you think, oh, okay, maybe they do have some sort of system worked out. You know, maybe everything is okay. She's going to be fine. But no. She sees that Rod is in danger. He's in prison, jail, county jail, something like that. County jail, whatever you want to call it. and he is going to, well, he basically makes it look like he kills himself, you know, which is smart. And, and <laughs> to me, this this scene was a little confusing to me because she sees Rod in county jail or jail. <laughs> and she sees for, uh, Freddy, you know, kind of creeping up on him. So is this something... That's going to happen in the future, or is this something that's happening right now? Because this is what ultimately happens to Rod, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, and it's all very weird, and but that kind of just fits in with the whole dream thing for mm-hmm. me. You don't really know what's going on. I gotta say, I just loved this part where you know she's going up the stairs, and we talked about earlier where she's. Glenn's a flop. Glenn's Glenn's just he's, just, he's living his best life, dreaming peacefully. <laughs> he's having a good night's rest. He's running up the stairs. The stairs are made of this weird quicksand. I think it might have been oatmeal, if I'm remembering that correctly. How they, how they did it? I think it was oatmeal. No, some way. kind of gross substance. Oatmeal oatmeal is pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> but when Freddy uh, claws the front door or the front glass panel there, mm. and it shows his face, but he's got that skin. Tina's skin, Tina's right? Tina's skin yeah. on like, his face. He, that was, the thing that about freaked Freddy, me out. And also what makes Freddy stand out is obviously he's the only of these classic slasher villains who talks. He's got a real personality, mm-hmm. and he likes fucking with people emotionally and using things against them, like their fears and, you know, having Tina's face on him, you know, which is going to freak you out. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that sets him apart. You know, that and is... he's rocking that sweater, that red and green sweater, which Wes Craven picked because apparently red and green, something to do, it triggers your eyes in an uncomfortable way. So that's why he picked those colors together. But I'm like, so Christmas <laughs> it's a Christmas it's a sucks. Weird Christmas. I mean, I'm not a fan of Christmas. Maybe that's why it's the colors. I like Christmas. <laughs> um, I like Halloween, obviously. Um, I'm not but saying. yeah, but I, I like the little when this kind of the dream and the real world kind of bleeding in together. When Nancy wakes up and she just sees that one um, pillow feather, the feather just falling down. I'm a fan of Christmas. <laughs> Christmas is canceled this year. <laughs> so we're at the sleep clinic, and we have the the guy who works there is actually played by Charles Fleischer, who does the voice of Roger Rabbit. So he's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Icon. Um, they saw him in here. They're like, we need to get him for Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yes, we love the guy who we love the guy who had the one scene in Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Um, but this is when we find out that you can Nancy can take something out from the dream, basically, because she wakes up. She was fighting with Freddy and wakes up with Freddy's hat. And, and and that is something that I wish they would have shown. I, I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it in the grand scheme. They don't want to show everything. But I love that they don't show this. I, I wish they I, lo- I love trying to imagine how all this went down. I, I was I was trying. Believe me, I was trying and I tried. And I I have my own version of what went down. But I also would have just liked to see what their version would have been. You know what I mean? I, I could see that. Yeah. But I think we had so many dreams already and mm-hmm. so many coming up that I don't think we needed it here. You're we, right. They're... We get the gist, the plot point of you can bring something out. Mm-hmm. And nobody really, and I don't really know why, you know, the mom and the doctor guy are just like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, this is por- perfectly normal. Yeah, she's almost seizing out. Oh, and her hair's white too i love that touch that she was so scared that part of her hair turned white and she's cut she's got freddy's cut like how are these people gonna explain this they're just like no you're crazy you did this (laughs) i love the scene after too when she's talking back to the mom and she throws her vodka bottle on the floor like just a good fu moment to the mom Mm -hmm. so then she goes with the glenn and she has this great kind of this sums up final girls for me when you asking her about the book she's reading, the booby trap book. <laughs> oh yeah. She just goes, I'm into survival. Yeah. Like, what a great line for a final girl. Mm-hmm. She gets home and she sees that there's bars on all the windows, which I'm like, how long? I don't think Nancy was gone that long. So but <laughs> <laughs> this movie has a weird thing with time though, where things are done very quickly. Like later when she's setting the booby traps and she has 20 minutes, I don't know how she set all these booby traps and then fell asleep, but you know, <laughs> dream logic. It's, we'll just go <laughs> with dream logic. But then we learn the mom's like, come down to the basement with me. And I'll explain. I'm going to explain to you what happened, basically. And we get a little bit of the origin story behind Freddy. Yeah, I love this backstory. She basically explains that Freddy was this child killer. He Mm -hmm. would take kids back to his basement. He killed a bunch of kids. So the parents all kind of rallied up and burnt him in Mm -hmm. his boiler room. And then the mother also has his... Gloves. Uh, yeah, his, his, knife, his knife gloves. gloves. Yeah. Which is such a creepy detail to me. I don't know that she would just keep this in the basement yeah, she, in their she, boiler thing. Like, Yeah, she has them, but yet he was also able to reconstruct them in this dream world. That, to me, is just like, what? And then also... But were you happy with this part of the backstory? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I it gave me a little more insight as to why he's doing what he's doing. You know, he I don't know if he necessarily knows who the daughter is <laughs> of one. Well, of I the think parents. he knows everything. Yeah, because he's like this dream god, basically. He, but as he said, he is god. Like he he is god apparently, <laughs> but um, I just love the whole kind of he's not, he could go after the parents, but no, he's gonna hurt them even more by exactly. going after their kids. Yes, and I think that is more powerful than anything. And uh, the kids basically have to suffer for their parents' sins, mm-hmm. which is an interesting element. Um, and I just love we see like Nancy in her bedroom and. Her mom takes the coffee pot away. Nancy wakes up and pulls another one. Yes, yeah, so the out. hidden coffee like, pot. <laughs> she loves her coffee. Yes, that was well, well done. I had so that. funny to me. So we get well, we get this awesome scene too, where Nancy answers the phone and it, the Freddy tongue comes out. He goes, "I'm your boyfriend yeah. now, Nancy." Another iconic moment. I just love it so much. Which again, I don't know. Is it a dream? Is it real? Like I'm still that back and forth. Right, cause she, well, she seemed to be awake, so maybe mm-hmm. it was one of those micro naps. The <laughs> remake might get get into micro naps some more. Micro naps. Okay. Good. Good. Good idea. It sounds like the the remake has a lot of good things going for it. It's, it's so much better than this movie. <laughs> um. But yeah, she realizes that Glenn is next and we get his iconic death scene. So what did you think about this? 
I was not expecting Glenn to go. I so going in, I knew obviously that there were a lot of sequels to this movie. Just a few. So I thought, you know, you had to have a, a, maybe there are. Well, I I haven't seen any of the sequels. I thought, you know, maybe there are, but maybe there are some uh, returning characters from the original movie. So I thought Gwen obviously would be a key player uh, in a sequel, which maybe maybe he'll be like Stu. <laughs> you could survive that. Stu, yeah, you know what? You can survive the your, next nightmare. You, Johnny you, Depp is coming back <laughs> and pulling what people want with Stu. You know, you can survive your guts being poured out like a volcano. But it's pretty wild, right? I, Did you expect all that blood to no. come out? No. So I've definitely seen um you know, maybe bef- seen before. parts of this. I've seen I've seen the parts where you have the hands come up from the bed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have our character. He's just lying down in bed. He fell asleep. And you have Freddy's hands. He fell asleep again. Yeah, this guy cannot just stay awake. Worst boyfriend ever. I think Nancy's better off single. (laughs) Freddy did her a favor. And the mom walks in. It's just, it's crazy. Like, I like the line later when, um, like, her dad cop is talking to somebody. And he's like, where's the corner? Oh, he's in the bathroom. He's been puking since he's seen yes. <laughs> Because it's just a volcano and of And it's even, blood. like, coming through the first floor. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just so brutal. You, I did not expect Gwen to get this treatment. You know, and like I said, you know, I've seen um, clips of, you know, the hand. And that, to me, was one of the coolest parts about this, was how they did the hands coming through the bed. So Glenn's just lying in bed. He's, he's trying to he stay gets awake. He's snatched. Asleep. Yeah. <laughs> that these hands come out of nowhere was through the bed. He just wanted to watch Miss Nude America. That's all he wanted. <laughs> As any, you know, high could school. Could they have been on cable back in 84? It sounds like. We didn't have like Showtime back then. Maybe. Skinamax. That maybe, wasn't a thing back then, I right? could I could see Glenn knowing how to find this. Glenn. <laughs> Glenn if, knew. If there's a Miss New America, Glenn will find it. Glenn was on it. But yeah, yeah it's it's another iconic scene, another iconic death. Yeah, the, just the the volcano of gore and blood that the mother walks into. You feel for the mother, you feel for Glenn. Oh, it was it was pretty brutal. Then we get Nancy doing her 20-minute booby traps somehow. Um in her 5-minute time. What a legend. <laughs> It's like a Home Alone scene. <laughs> really, Home Alone stole from Nightmare on Elm Street. They did. She is the Kevin McAllister of this movie. I wanted a scene with her mom waking up on a plane saying, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> if only Freddie could have like stepped on a nail. Oh. It would have been perfect. With some paint falling on him. Yes. <laughs> did you ever see those YouTube videos where they do Home Alone and they put the real gore? Like what would actually happen? No. Like, like if the paint can hit them, oh, it's, when it's like swinging through, right? Side to like side. somebody like yeah. added CGI gore to it. So oh my know. god, <laughs> that's um episode fifty, uh, <laughs> Home Alone. Get ready. And Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, <laughs> episode fifty one. <laughs> Give the people what they really want. The Home Alone podcast. Yeah, so we have our girl setting up all these booby traps, and Freddie gets owned he really does in this i feel a little bad for him in this scene he just keeps getting savaged by nancy but i love it i love that the final girl is able to put up such a fight yes if only natalie could have done this kind of stuff to brenda i might stand there a little (laughs) bit but and these cops are so irritating though she's like they're right there across the street she's like screaming and he's like oh maybe i should get the sheriff and she literally and she literally told her father by the way did you know that the the sheriff guy not not the father the other one he's the sheriff in scream so west brought him back (sighs) I can see why he's a little more aggravating now. Yes. And then Freddie, Freddie gets burned. Like he just, this, so Freddie just keeps getting burned. Basically. He's like a double, double roasted chicken wing or something. And this is where you, 
You can see a little bit of the time. You get a little bit of a pudgy. Yeah. Ready? Because <laughs> the the flame retarded suits or whatever they call them, they've gotten much better over the years. Like if you compare this to like Amber yes. and Scream Five. Yeah. So yeah, Freddie gained. You know, the camera adds ten pounds. Fire adds about fifty or sixty pounds, and apparently. And then Freddie's got another like six cameras on him too. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like that episode of Friends where they're looking at Monica. She's like, the camera adds ten pounds. Well, how many cameras were on? <laughs> Poor Monica. And then, like, they get up to the bedroom, right? And he's strangling the mom and mom's on fire i'm surprised the mom i really wanted the mom to have the vodka bottle in her hand as the body's falling down (laughs) with it i thought that would have been a good touch but the bodies are being what dragged to the pits of hell like where are they going yeah this i don't really understand i guess we'll just have to go with the dream logic it's very weird it's very dream dream dream-esque um but nancy's pretty much like to defeat you you're nothing to me. I'm not scared of you. You're she has to, shit. She has to not give in to fear. To fear, yes. Um, Which seems it seems to work. It works. So. I it worked to me. Well, that because she because she opens the door right. It's all bright and sunny. Mm-hmm. Her mom comes out. Her mom's happy. Mm-hmm. You're um, about ready for that, like '90s. Pop or eighties pop song where they could have put the end credits here. Yeah, you know? like every everything's jived well. Yeah, they they get in the car and I love like the sunroof like comes up and it's Freddie's uh, yeah colors. on its own. Yep. And then we get um, his hand comes through and pulls the mom through, which looks horrible. And I I feel so bad for Wes Craven because he did not want this. He there. didn't. This was like a studio note mandate. Like, I think he just wanted to end with the car driving off, and then you see the girls singing the the song yeah. with the jump rope, which would have been fine. Which is, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Great vocals, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, Mariah who? Um, <laughs> but Brittany what? <laughs> yeah. But I would have been fine with just her waving at them, like nothing's wrong. Yeah. You see the girls doing the jump rope. But, you know, whatever. It's, it's fine. You, you can't win them all, I it, guess. It was a little weird. A little cheesy. The, the body just goes through it, this little tiny. It's a, it's a yeah. That, that part was a little weird. Not Wes's fault, though, for the record, no, as I said. No. Long live his legacy. That was Thank not you, Bob Wes. Shea. Thank you, Bob Shea, for that. Um, and that is Nightmare on Elm Street. So, Final thoughts, Matt. Overall, I, a classic horror movie. You were I, happy. I really, I really liked it. I liked it a lot. I like. Do you think you would like it even more on a rewatch? Possibly appreciate it more. Or? I think I, I think I definitely could. I think I, one thousand percent could. Uh, and the sequel, some of the sequels might make you appreciate it more too. I'll that's just say that. that's true. You know, if I see some of the sequels. Um, I there is some there are some really good ones though. I think I could appreciate the a original. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to adding this to maybe one of my uh horror movie staples for ho- Halloween time. Mm-hmm. So October. You know, and it that's not to say this never would have been one of my staples, but I I I had just never seen this. This this podcast is what led me to see this movie. Like I knew it was an iconic. You're horror welcome. Horror movie. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Seriously though. No, but it is fun for, you know, to see your impressions of these classic horror movies. Yeah. No, I I enjoyed this a lot, and you know the dream aspect. I loved that. It, it was a great movie. It's definitely one of the better ones that we have reviewed. Is this the best one we've covered, in your opinion? Well, we still have some other ones to go over, so I don't know if I want to say it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> of the ones we've put Co- out there. Put out so far. I'm trying to think. There's, we got Scream Cream. We have The Gate. Uh, we have Urban Legend. 
and House of, House Wax. of Wax. Definitely, but definitely, House of Wax is better than Nightmare on Elm Street. No, uh, <laughs> House of Wax is by far the best. <laughs> um, no, uh, is it the best? Ooh. Oh wow, I'm kind of shook. This isn't an easy yes. No, I'm just thinking of like, okay, so the new Scream, I really enjoyed. We just lost as as a re- <laughs> every subscribers. Everyone, now. please come back. <laughs> please come back. <laughs> We love our, each and every one of you. Or maybe deal. your expectations were so high because it is such a well-renowned you know, movie. You know, that's the thing, too. I like to go into all of my movies and a lot of the movies that Steve recommends with uh, low expectations. And, and, and that's not to say like I expect shit from all of them. I just like to know as little as possible from all movies. So I go in and think, oh, wow, that was really good. Or that was maybe not so good. But when you have a film like A Nightmare on Elm Street, it's hard to go in with without expectations. Yes, yeah. you know you you, you got to have something. Did you like? Did you like Freddy as a villain? Oh hell yeah, absolutely. Icon. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna haunt me tonight. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wait until like part like six when he's a Looney Tune though. It's something else. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll do that uh, episode six. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to jump right into the, the <laughs> Freddy's dad, the final nightmare. Um, but yeah, it was fun talking about this classic movie. And next week we will be covering Jennifer's body. Yes. Something I very much have wanted to see. And this was a great opportunity to see it. We won't get into your thoughts yet. Nope. 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 But you'll have to stay tuned. Yes, and thank you so much for listening to episode five. Yes, we hope you all enjoyed it so it. much. Yes, please rate and review us five stars if you think about it. That would be a big help. Tell your friends, tell your family, listen to us. If they don't like us, tell us. That's don't fine. don't tell anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> don't have them tell anyone else. Let us know what we can yeah, do so better. Give us good comments, please. <laughs> Um, But yeah, thank you so much, and we will see you in the next one. Until next time.